0: All right, well I want to welcome all of our campuses. I'm going to welcome those on the South Shore Gulf Coast. Every week. I always love welcoming those online, Facebook, live, all the men and women in the Orleans Justice Center, St. Tammany Parish jail. Hey, I also want to welcome all those that are joining us in North Carolina from Mana Church. So we're so excited to have them. Come on, let's just welcome all those with us. So excited to have you guys. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. We have got a special treat this morning. Uh, we've got my pastor. You know, I have two pastors. How many of you know I need a lot of help? Pastor Jacob Aranza is one of my pastors, but also Pastor Jim LaFoon. Every year, yes, we love Pastor Jim. <clears throat> Every year, we have our annual board meeting uh, right after, on Monday, Monday, tomorrow morning. And so uh, Pastor Jim comes in the weekend after Thanksgiving. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Pastor Jim's been with us literally from the beginning. A uh, pastor for many, many years, author, teacher, aerobics instructor. Yes, thank you. I mean, just, I mean, but listen, he's, he's more than all those things. He's been a spiritual dad to Jennifer and I and a pastor uh, to us, and he's been with us literally from the beginning. Why don't we just stand up? Let's warmly welcome Pastor Jim LaFood all the way from Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Can we give God a great hand this morning also? Just so worthy. I know for you in Louisiana, it's been kind of an unusual sports week. God be praised for the saints. God help us, we are robbed with LSU, and God thankful for Tulane. So anyway, how many of you are glad that your joy is on eternal things ultimately? Okay. Let's pray. Father, I'm just so thankful for Church of the King. I'm so thankful, Lord, for uh, this time of year. We celebrate the greatest gift ever given this planet, your son. Lord, as we turn, yes, more toward family coming out of Thanksgiving into Christmas, friends who we want to see touched, we're just grateful for the birth of your son, his life and sacrifice, death, resurrection. This morning, as we talk about one of the most profound promises in all of Scripture. Help us. Amen. I'm going to entitle this message, Peace on Earth, A Promise Beyond Comprehension. When you go into the Luke account of the angelic announcement of the birth of Christ to Mary, I can hardly imagine it. It's dark. It's cool. And all of a sudden, Angels are appearing to these shepherds in the field and giving them this incredible promise that a baby's been born, it's the Messiah, and they'll find him basically in a trough where animals feed. And all of a sudden, in front of them, the heavens just explode with angels and singing. And as they're singing, part of what they're singing makes sense. The other part you have to ponder is almost beyond comprehension. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and here's the promise, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. What does that promise mean? No matter where you find yourself on this earth, no matter what your circumstance, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, God says, my peace is actively in the lives of those my favor rests on, those I've touched, those who've called on me. How can this be? Let's think for a moment about the context of this promise. They were in Judah, what was left of the nation of Israel, basically one tribe. In 63 B.C., Pompey had come down and besieged Jerusalem, conquered it subjugated the nation, and even stepped into the holy of holies and defiled it, broke the heart of the nation. He must have been afraid because the next day he ordered it re-cleansed. He established 10 Romanized cities on the other side of the Sea of Galilee called the Decapolis, filled with emperor worship and every type of idolatry. It was a broken nation. In 70 AD, only a few decades later, Jerusalem would be destroyed. The siege destroyed its population, killed, enslaved, the nation shattered. Later in 132 AD, when the Jews revolted, Rome would forbid them to even enter Jerusalem. It was a nation groveling under the mailed fist of Roman might. How could there be peace there? How could there be peace In a nation that had lost its freedom, whose skyline would be dotted with the crucifixion of those who dared to defy Rome. How about the shepherds themselves? They were on the bottom rung socioeconomically. There was no lower class of people. They were considered liars and thieves and were forbidden to even testify in a trial. How could the angels promise them peace? How living in a shattered nation who had experienced the pain of ethnic cleansing, forcible deportment, how? How could these men with no hope of economic advancement, with really nothing to go home to, with poverty, and hate, and pain, how could these angels promise them peace? Is peace possible for you? No matter what your economic status today, we all know anxiety abounds. Fear abounds. Is peace possible when you're facing a health challenge? Pain with your spouse? Child that's broken your heart? Fears that buzz in your head like insects and make no sense? Insomnia that doesn't go away. Your mind just won't stop, no matter what you take or drink. What's the answer to that? Let me explain this to you. Let's talk about this piece. When we think about the Holy Spirit, who the Father sent to the earth when Jesus ascended to his right hand, third person of the Trinity, we normally think about his power, his majesty, and these great miraculous things we read about in the Bible, and we forget his fruit. The Bible says in Galatians five twenty two through twenty three, the fruit of the Spirit, or what the Spirit produces, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such there is no law. What that means is the Holy Spirit has the ability to produce this fruit. And we'll talk about one: peace in you, no matter what your circumstance. No matter what you're facing today, no matter what you're going through, are you telling me, Pastor Jim, that I can walk out of this door peaceful even though my circumstance has not changed? Are you telling me that by the time this service is over, there will be a new level of peace and security in my soul even though I am facing a terrible pain in my marriage or my family or my business? Yes, I am. Let me give you an example of that from my own life, and I could pick many. I know I look 24, it's not true, I'm 64. Good living, you can look like this also. Sorry, I don't wanna scare you. And so, 40 years married. I've been a Christian since I was eight years old. I've faced death, lived in crazy places, liver destroyed. Wives had cancer twice, fought for children who were dying. Heard the big cancer word, had doctors tell me my health was gone. What's the secret to peace? I'll never forget, I was younger. We just had our fourth child, so I must have been uh, 39, and my wife had had thyroid cancer, and they were treating it. Uh, She had a stroke, couldn't recognize us, and they said, Mr. LaFoon, it looks like your wife's cancer's uh, spread to her brain. Go home, get a good night's sleep. He was obviously not hired for his bedside manner. Go home, get a good night's sleep, and see your children four small children at home, and I'm driving down the road into the fog back to the medical center. Beloved, anxiety would have been a mild word. But all of a sudden, as I began to pray, peace began to flood up from the depth of my being, and anxiety became impossible. I couldn't be afraid. And I tried to pray, and I felt the Holy Spirit, like, told me. Don't pray. I thought, okay, that must be terminal. He said, "Don't pray. She's fine." Now, that tricks you sometimes because you want it to be so. But the peace of God began to flood me. In the next morning, I said, "She's fine. Whether the cancer never spread or she was healed, immaterial. This was what was real: the peace. Now, how's it happen? How do you find peace when you're fighting for a child to live? How do you find peace when people are being killed in front of your house in a war zone and you're facing kidnapping? How do you, how do you find peace? I want to talk about that under three headings. I want talk about what inspires peace in you, why is it important, and how do you implement it? How do you implement some practices today that will begin to guard your soul with peace? Uh, there are a number of ways that, Peace, and normally they work in tandem. One is pain, the other are the promises of God. You get in a situation where you find yourself driven by anxiety. And here's the problem, medical science. We know from medical science that one-third, from one-third to the two-thirds of the population that suffer with anxiety, it's genetics involved. It's not just bad modeling. Now, when you say genetics, are we talking about genetics or epigenetics? Genetic DNA stress, epigenetics, how your genetic read reality, probably epigenetics, but that means passed down through your family, your parents, your grandparents, etc., have responded so long to stress in certain ways, it affects now how you respond. And you find you have a propensity, and you wonder, "My mama was a warrior, my grandmother was a warrior. Is there any hope for me?" Yes, there is. And here are the promises of scripture. Isaiah 9:6 says. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's a Prince of Peace. He can bring peace wherever you are. It says in Isaiah 26.3, I love this. You'll keep in perfect peace, I'll describe that later, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. A perfect peace. John 14, 27, maybe my favorite promise. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. What is Jesus saying? I've got a peace that does not operate like the world's. I have a peace for you that's not based on peaceful circumstances.